the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. And I'm talking with uh, various candidates uh, running in the August primary for the 50th district seat in the State House of Representatives. And uh, currently with me by phone, Republican Christina Fitchett Hickson. Christina, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Tom. Just before the break, uh, at the end of the last hour, we were talking a little bit about uh, some campaigns you'd worked on in the past. And uh, mm-hmm. and you mentioned something uh, almost parenthetically about working the doors. And that's something that uh, isn't really advisable during this uh COVID-19 crisis. Um, how, do you, how do you go about getting people to know that you're... Uh, that you're running and how do you how do you campaign for this uh position um in, in these different circumstances well that's a great question um a lot of people it's pretty controversial for a lot of people um the main thing i believe is i remember all of the research says that in the sunlight that um you you can't transmit the disease because it dies so as long as i maintain proper social distance and like I find somebody out having fun in a park or whatever, I can come and introduce myself and, you know, stay my social distance, um, you know, ways apart. And um, as long as I'm, you know, using proper caution, I believe that we can talk to people. I believe if I see somebody at a grocery store that I can talk to them, you know, I'll have, you know, they have on their masks and stuff and, and we'll be in the, the grocery store and we can have a conversation, a small little conversation. But, um, you know, it's really the people. They need a voice. And when they find out that you're going to be their voice, then, you know, it, it really does help get the word out. They'll get on their Facebook and they'll, they'll say, oh, well, let me share your, your um, you know, your page. Let me, let, me, let me get on and help you. You know, I can do the calls and stuff like that. I can make robocalls or whatever. And I can send emails or, you know, you get that support as people realize that, you know, you're a really good candidate and they're, they're um, kind of excited that they're going to have somebody that will actually understand them and has lived what they have to deal with and 
you know, that understands that you can't just go and and raise taxes and make money. Um, you know, it's a bigger system than that. It's it's not going to work raising taxes. You're going to hurt the poor. And and then you know, I've been there. You know, <laughs> we've all been there. You know, a lot of us that have been out there in the workforce, we've been there. And especially during this COVID crisis, how did your friends really and suffered, how you know? did your friends and family react when you told them you were running for this office? <laughs> Did they oh, think I you were crazy? Laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they said, how in the world are you going to do that? You know, and I said, you know, it's really the way that the, the Congress was supposed to be, you know, because remember, I started out as Congress. I said, it's supposed to be that way with Congress. You're supposed to be able to have the people out there talking for the people. We're going to represent our city and um, I'm going to represent the people that work like I work, that live like I live, that they have the struggles that, you know, the people that most people don't really hear about, you know, you hear about the really, really poor and you hear about the people who, who are like really rich, but you don't really hear about that middle class, the group of people that are in those everyday struggles, the people that my, you know, my students' parents, how they had to work two or three jobs and how they could barely afford their car insurance and how they could barely afford clothes for their kids. And when we went into having um, uniforms in Flint, that was a very big struggle for them. We had to put together support groups and, and get shirts and stuff so that they could become affordable, you know, from secondhand stores. And you know what I'm saying? Sure. So it, it's really important that um, they get their representatives too. You know, we don't want just the people that are lobbyists getting represented. We want, we want to be able to give what we need for um, the the real meaning of the Constitution. I really believe that the intending um, representatives really were supposed to be the people. And when they say they're for the people, they're for the common person, the person who was a landowner who was, you know, trying to take care of their house. And you know what I'm saying? Sure. Um, what What are you hearing back from people when you introduce yourself and, and make your case? Uh, local media isn't really covering much of anything that isn't um, coronavirus flooding or protests. Um, what, okay. are, what are, you know, just plain old folks uh, saying are their, their issues, kitchen table issues, if you will, what are you hearing back from people uh, that they're interested in? I would say the main thing that they were interested in was the education. They really hate Common Core. <laughs> that was probably 98% of the people I talked to complained about the education system, and they were so excited that we were going to be able to have a voice in there that's going to actually know what's going on and be able to help them explain to their kids, you know, that they're going to be able to explain to the teachers and to the to the, the board and, and to all the people that are actually um, making those kind of decisions. They're glad that they're going to have a voice in there to, to share how they feel. Um, another thing they were very, very excited about is an idea, and this is what the governor knows, and, and all of the representatives right now in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party, they know how bad our auto insurance is. And it still is. Um, I just was talking with my auto insurance provider, and it's not a lot of a change. It's not a lot of a difference. We're still paying a lot for car insurance. Uh, the good news is 
went is going to see a little more of a tax break. So, um, not tax break, but a um, auto insurance break. Um, it's going to go down a little, and it's not going to be based upon their area codes anymore. And and there's some really good changes coming for them. So they're going to be really happy to hear that. Um, as far as Burton, I don't think we really had that big of a problem with where we lived as far as auto insurance going up so high. But um, they did take a little break off of our area there for Grand Blank and Burton, too. Um, the insurance company that I work through is in Grand Blank, so they were sharing with us some of the information on you know, how their people are going to be responding. It is a nice little chunk of change. I mean, 50 Dollars is nothing to see that. Uh, for us, you know, it's not as much as we were hoping, but, you know, we have, like, a lot of cars, so. <laughs> now, you've got but, a background um, in, in education, and and yeah. certainly you're um, going to be interested in, in pursuing things that, that, um, that, that bring the standards up where education is concerned. But what are some yeah. of the other things that you would want to uh, tackle if, if elected when you get to Lansing? Well, um, I've got it all on my platform. Um, one of the things that I added to that as well is I think we need to do more for the homeless out there. Um, and a lot of my homeless friends are vets. And so I think we just need to make sure that... Um, they're being taken care of in our communities because a lot of our communities have some, you know, situations where we have homeless that we see every day and we get to know them and they're out on the street all night. And sometimes they are, and sometimes they aren't. We've got um, shelters and stuff for them, but sometimes it's so full that they can't even get in. Um, that's something I, you know, kind of added a little bit to my platform. I really am going to be more of the people's, um, representative where the people will be able to come to me with any of their needs. I had some people come because of their um, renting situations where they had a really bad landlord and they're not taking care of their house. Um, you know, we have some landlords that have, they call them the slumlords. You know, they're coming to me about them. Um, you know, whatever they come for is what I'm there for. That's the way I see it. Um, I'm also there for the churches. My goodness, these churches are dying because they're not being opened. And so, you know, when we're allowing protests and stuff to go on and the churches are being encouraged not to even open or have their services outside their church in the nice sunny air, as long as they keep their social distancing, then, you know, that's, to me, that's kind of a, a problem that has to be handled. And, and I think, you know, that's something I'm going to work on too. But um, as far as in Lansing, my biggest, my biggest idea is is trying to get the healthcare system balance, the auto insurance balance, um, make sure that we have programs for our homeless, you know, that are happening right now out in the streets. It's coming to Whitner pretty soon. As soon as winter hits, they're going to be out there in the cold again, you know, and who knows how many people are going to die out there in the cold because they don't have a shelter. So what do you think? I just want to see. What do you think about pride about privatizing uh, some of the government services? Yeah, I think I think some of that would be a good idea because the more we can take off of our government budget, the lower we're going to be able to make our taxes. I mean, the way I see it, I think 
<laughs> the people like me that, you know, come in and, and work in the government, I think we get plenty of money. I think we could cut our budget. I think we can cut the budget to the to the salaries and things. I think we can actually take some of that off of us, you know, as far as I, I think we're overpaid. <laughs> as I've I've always thought that, you know, as a as a person and that's what they're coming to me telling me too. You guys are overpaid. <laughs> you, know, you guys need to cut your own salaries. I'm like, well, you know what? I would not be opposed to that. And I'm going to definitely work on term limits, too. I think everybody deserves a chance. And I love it that Michigan has term limits. And I think they need to do that for Congress, too. I'll stand up and I'll tell people that, you know, and I think that's another important thing that people need to realize is um, you can't just have a job for 40 years. You know, I mean, some of these people are at, what, 20-something years? And I've, they could have retired 10 I, years ago, I, you know. I've, they I've, have perfect retirement. I, I've heard uh, new candidates uh, advocate for pay cuts and, and term limits uh, before, mm-hmm. and then after they're in Lansing for a little while, they, they seem to learn a lot of reasons why those things won't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be it'll yeah, be interesting to see that. if you get elected how you feel in six months. But uh, um, oh, I'm sure I'll feel the same way. <laughs> but but let it's, me do this before it's we kind of a it's kind of perspective thing, you know. Once you once you realize what's going on with the people and what the people can handle, it's not fair. I mean, even if you look at it as a as a oh well, they need the money. Even if you look at it that way, it's still not fair to pay your candidates that you have elected, they belong to you, and you should be able to tell them how much money you want them to have. They shouldn't make their own budget. Well, Christina, we're we're almost out of time, but I always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and about your campaign. And you mentioned uh, uh, you had some some position... uh, statements and so on available do you yes. do you have a website yes i have a website it's christina elect christina com, and then i have um a christina fidget hickson facebook and then elect christina fidget hickson um for state rep uh, 50th on uh, the facebook as well where I let people, um, you know, get on there and, um, you know, put out their ideas and some of the things that are more of um, political nature for them, it's, you know, things that they might need. Or I also take direct messages. Is there um, a dash between Fitchett and Hickson? Actually, uh, there's no dash on the website. Okay. Because I don't think they allow that for my <laughs> website. But um, it's all one word. So electchristinafitchethickson.com is all one word. And Christina Fitchethickson does have the dash for the Facebook. Okay. So well, you'll find me very easily on there as well. Well, Christina... And I've been out with the Trump Unity Bridge as well. So I travel around with the Trump Unity Bridge helping different candidates. And that's kind of the thing I've been doing lately. Okay. So well, Christina, kind of we have to basis. end it there. But thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Oh, yes. Thank you, Tom. I'm glad you thought of me. All right. Take care. Good luck to you. And thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was Christina Fitchett-Hickson. She is a Republican running for the, uh, uh, in the uh, primary to uh, uh, 
run for the 50th district seat in the state House of Representatives. We'll have another Republican coming up right after this. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Tom Sumner program is hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. I was telling you a little while ago about my wife, and I don't want you to be confused, but we were, I've been married more, more than once. In fact, I've been married three, three times. But my first two wives each died a very tra- tragic death. My first wife died from eating po- poisoned mushrooms. And my second wife died from a fractured skull. She wouldn't eat her mushrooms. 
ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi than flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue with our conversations with candidates who are running in the August primary for the uh, 50th district seat in the Michigan uh, State House of Representatives. And uh, my my uh, guest this segment is a Republican running in the uh, primary. His name is Lynn Hookie. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right, Lynn. Uh, welcome yes. to the show. Yes, there's really no good way to say it in English, but uh, <laughs> hooky as in hooky from school, at least people can remember that, right? Gotcha. Um, Lynn, what made you decide you wanted to run for this? Have you run for things before? Um, for any kind of political state office, uh, no, this would be the first time I've uh, been active in uh, uh the church I belong to, and uh, well, in college Republicans, and uh, you know, in college, of course. But um, no, this is the first time I've just avidly followed politics most of the time since 1964, when uh, I was just 12 years old. But uh, pretty excited about the uh, Goldwater campaign back then, and in uh, fact. Uh, uh, I mean, did what I could as as a twelve year old, but uh, <laughs> and um, actually, one Orange County, California, uh, uh, you know. And uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. And this would be the first time. It's just that uh, we had a uh, a really fine state representative there. I think, man, about eight years ago or so, young young man, and he was a Republican. And he he represented uh, us. At the, district or at least grand blank area you're talking about paul uh, scott paul scott yes uh-huh. and um just being busy with my job i got a full-time job and got two full-time college students uh our children boy and a girl and um uh you know it, it's busy life which I, I don't have to explain it to most people out there but, uh, right. This you is. Know, when I found out uh, we were not representative, represented by a Republican, and somebody called me up and said, uh, "You know, would you run?" Because I mean, the worst thing would be if if there was no one on the Republican ballot, it would just look like we were completely lazy, or had given up. You know, uh, trying to represent that district. Is um, now there's there's a, a Democrat holding that seat now. Tim Sneller, he was on earlier. Um, is it uh, is is the fiftieth um, winnable by a Republican? Oh, it it it's uh, by nature Republican. Uh, you know that's why my wife and I wanted to move to. Uh, or, you know, live in Grand Blank. We're in the Grand Blank Township. But uh, and actually, I don't I don't know the Democrat. Uh, I don't even know their positions. And I, I'm all in favor of bipartisanship. Uh, it's just that I, I know statewide, uh, back in 93, my, my wife and I decided to leave California just, just, just because it was just going crazy out of control and uh i i don't want that to see 
to happen in Michigan. We, we saw what happened years ago, like, for example, when you had a one-party state, Alabama, controlled only by the Democrats. The only way you won an office would be to run, win the Democrat primary. And uh, I, I don't want that to happen in Michigan. We need, uh, and really, it, be honest with you, just because of human nature, if the Republicans had a monopoly, I, th- I think they, they could become drunk with power, too, and uh, lazy and not do the work the people need need to be done. So, uh, you know, I'm in favor of bipartisanship, uh, you know, and just common sense. And uh, and I really think uh, Graham Blank would, uh, uh, at least from a state level, because, you know, a lot of our state laws, for example, the funding of our public schools, it's controlled by the state legislature. So, uh, so I think I think the Republican philosophy would uh, better serve the people at Grand Blank. But of course, that'll be their choice. What are you, What are you hearing from people? You know, as you tell them that you're you're running, what did you hear from friends and family and and uh, and people that you tell that that you're running? What kind of responses are you getting? Do they they think you're crazy? Uh, <laughs> Oh, or, or are they supportive? Uh, how, how is that well, playing for you? Okay. I would say about a half hour ago when I talked to my wife, she says, well, I hope you lose, you know, <laughs> because, again, you know, we, we've got your, we've got our lives to live, you know, and uh, I told you what, what my life is busy with. Uh, but if uh, if nobody does the work, the hard work and sometimes boring, sometimes tedious. And I know the, I, and I know the traditional thing is people will say, well, politics is dirty, stay away from it. Um, but we all depend and we all want good government. I mean, I can't say all, but vast majority of us want good government. And, uh, so someone, someone needs to step up to the plate and, and, uh, it needs to be the best people from both parties to, uh, you know, try to do what's best for, you know, the the husbands, the wives, the families, the children for the next generation, you know, to have a good state. I mean, I I, I lived here in from '78 to '81, and I, I've actually seen improvements in Michigan since then. And I'd like to see overall, you know, Michigan continue, you know, on that path. What are some of the things that you think the legislature should take up? What What are the kinds of things that you would advocate for if uh, elected and found yourself in Lansing? Uh, well, I would say getting the funding down to the people who actually do the work, uh, uh, also, just just to let you know, uh, I, I spent uh, uh, one of my my proudest jobs was it was part time, but I worked for the Air National Guard in Michigan. Actually, one year full time in uh, contract management in uh, Battle Creek Air National Guard, and uh, I remember people talking about uh, and that that's actually a federal pay, paid job in the Air National Guard, but mostly funded by the federal government. But I, you know, I, I heard people say, uh, oh, wow, if you think federal government benefits are good, you, you should work for the state of Michigan. You know, and, I, and I know there have been some reforms there to, to make our 
our uh, state pension plan, you know, more sustainable and so on. We're not like Illinois. We're not like New Jersey or California. But, um, you know, the fact is, you know, people are living longer. Here we take something that's good news. You know, people are living longer. Obviously, you know, stay away from uh, drug abuse and alcohol abuse and so on. But uh, people are living longer. And what does that mean? Well, that means we need to fund our retirement longer. Well, okay. So that's some good news, but let, let's not make it sour by by saying, now let's take money from the working people of Michigan that fund our government and only send it to state employees. And uh, but But, you know, we need good state employees, and like, like I'm saying, for the state police, for example, that they do a great job, and that funding needs to go to the state police, not, you know, a bureaucracy. Uh, and and that may be a very lean and mean. And when I say mean, I mean you know we don't want our state police to be mean, but I mean tough against cr- criminals, of course, or aggressive, but um, uh, smart. And uh, that that be, may be an agency that's run very well. Uh, I, I don't mean to cast aspersions where I'm, you know, not don't have the information. But um, um, and I would say the same thing with uh, any any agency, um, including uh, I know I know our public schools are any local public school. Most of them they spend twenty seven percent of their budget just funding retired teachers, you know, and, uh, and and I know I'm touching a hot button issue there, but again, you know, isn't it great that our retired teachers are living longer? That's great, you know, but, but let's not, you know, let's find a way around that so that uh, the local schools, when they're, when they're being funded, the, the generation that needs the money now for, good teaching that, that the money goes to the teachers in the classroom and um uh you know it's uh that that would be that would be an example another well, example when you talk about uh the, the state's uh budget and and where the money goes and all that we're going to be facing uh, a real crisis here coming out of this uh pandemic because there's been uh a shrinking of revenue while at the same time demand for expenditure has been increased so they're spending more money and taking in less money how how do we address that going forward uh well number one um and let let me say of all the democrat governors in around the 50 states I'm just again. I'm, I moved out of California, so I wouldn't have to suffer under that anymore. I, I think uh, um, our governor Gretchen Whitmer is, uh, you know, <laughs> definitely better than some other uh, Democrats around the country. But you know, we need to be ruled by law, not by uh, dictate. And uh, and I and uh, why 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 do we have less revenue? And of course. When it comes to this COVID-19, I, I'm employed full-time at a hospital in a support position. I'm in clinical engineering. Uh, so just to start with that, 
let's have a little more humility about, you know, when you read stuff in the paper online, even the best experts, they don't even have all the answers for this COVID-19, how this virus works and so on. So I, you know, let's stop attacking people. You know, are you a no mask person? Are you a mask person? (laughs) You know, have some courtesy for people around you. And, and my, my wife has a health issue where, and my hospital has certain requirements. So, you know, whether I agree with something or not, you know, let's do something that, you know, maybe I'm wrong, you know, my, whatever my opinion is about a mask, but, you know, I'll, I'll wear a mask, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to hurt me. It's not a badge that I'm on a certain side or something, but you're, you're talking about the funding, uh, you know, let's compare ourselves to Wisconsin, where where uh, their Supreme Court, you know, heard the issues from the Republican legislature and decided that that no, the governor does not have sole authority to put the state on a lockdown, you know, without a law authorized by the legislature. So they're off of lockdown, but but you know what? I think if you compare Wisconsin to Michigan. Uh, there's people in Wisconsin and businesses in Wisconsin that voluntarily lock down. They use procedures that that uh, help prevent or hopefully help prevent the spread of uh, viruses and so on. And because people, I'd say 90% of the people out there, we are responsible. We, 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 we try to get the information and do what's right. So what I'm saying is having our state locked down to the extent we are it was the governor's choice, even apart from the constitutional issue, to stop businesses from making revenue. And uh, so it's uh, a self. Okay, it's a self-made words, problem. Cause she's part of the cause. Okay, and and she may, and I know she has a. She thinks she has a good reason for locking us down, but I look upon this as an opportunity to look at our budgets and cut out the fat not automatically to jump to, you know, a tax increases and so on. And if you compare our state to the state of Georgia, which is roughly the same population and uh, uh, same population geographically about the same size, and you could say, well, they don't have winter, they don't have uh, freezing, and it's like, well, okay, but, but we don't have hurricanes. So I'm just saying... Their their budget is a little more than half of what our budget is, and I you know I I haven't seen that okay people in Georgia are you know starving in the streets or uh, have lousy public schools uh, you know I, I'm sure there's other differences but I, I think there's opportunity here to examine line by line where this money is going and let's um, you know let's find ways to trim down our government so like i say the 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 money does get to the people working in the trenches you know the state police uh well you know all the other agencies that uh you know investigate uh and and look for uh you know water water safety uh, water pollution and uh pollution abatement and uh and so on you know the state has a big responsibility another responsibility that uh unfortunately uh well that gets into a a big old issue there was that private dam north of midland there that the federal government 
said that was uh, unsafe. It was unsafe. It needed to be uh, uh, modified so it had more spillway capacity. And, and, and there gets into a whole other issue there about environmentalism that apparently, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently uh, the Attorney General did not want the, the dam lowered, the lake lowered, because it may affect the uh, freshwater mussel population. And uh, I I just heard that. I don't want to accuse somebody, you know. But, right, right. But, let let, me, know, let I mean, me ask you this, I, Lynn. I, I'm, yeah, sure. Um okay. You know, in in talking about the governor's handling of the uh, COVID nineteen pandemic, do you think she would have been wiser to um, it rather than pick what things are essential and non essential? If she had used a what can be done safely and what can't be done safely approach to determining what should be closed down. Uh, well, I would say. Um I would say uh, she should have worked more with the legislature to say, hey, this this is our plan. Uh, please give me the authority to implement this plan or um, or get some input from the for the legislature so we could, you know, work together together as a state on, uh, you know, whatever the choices would be. Um, so that that would be that would be the first thing. Uh, but. Be be honest with you. I you know I've I've taken science in school. I've got uh, I, I've had I've had so many degrees that I've had to leave them off my resume so I wouldn't be overqualified. But I'm not I'm not a scientist. I'm not a epidemiologist. But in my opinion, I I really don't think there's going to be a vaccine. I mean, you see a flu vaccine, but they say that at best is only sixty percent effective. You know, we, we can't be locked down for the rest of the year. This is just uh, not fair to our children. It's not, you know, we need to protect those that are vulner- vulnerable, the, you know, the nursing home population and so on. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a complicated issue, but um, I, I hope I answered your question. I, yeah, I, I think. I yeah, I think you did. Let me let me ask this. This is kind of going in a more of a process direction than a policy direction. But how do you go about campaigning when uh, you know people are encouraging uh, social distancing and and you know t- traditional campaigning is knocking on people's doors and introducing yourself. How do you how do you get your name out there and and run a campaign under these current uh, conditions? Oh, well, uh, I think by now everybody knows it's six feet, right? And uh, and I, I told my wife, I said, I want to go out there and buy my buy a train, you know, a train robber mask, you know, I, I, you know <laughs> so I can breathe better. And, you know, maybe that's, I don't know what, but ho- hopefully, um, anyway, I, but, but let's make it a little more fun. But, I mean, we all know it's six feet, right? And sure. uh, so I, I think if I ring somebody's doorknob and yeah, I could bring some hand sanitizer with me too, and then wait for them to come to the door and stand back six feet w- with a mask on, I, I, I think it's not that much different. Where can people find out more about about you and your background? Do you do you have a website or uh, someplace that that people can? Uh, get to know you and and what you're doing and follow your campaign maybe get involved 
Um, no, I do not have a website at this time. And, uh, you know, I just got done talking to one of our county Republican leaders. And um, I, I, um, I'm going to have to do some decisions here as to uh, you know, how this is going to work going forward. But we have from now until August, which is, well, I guess it's really not that much time. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, I would say call the, <clears throat> call the, uh, Genesee, Genesee, um, County Republican party. And, uh, at this point, but, um, uh, I apologize for not being, uh, up and running the way I, I, I should be, but, um, we'll, um, we'll have to take it, take it from here, but, I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, be on your program, and I'm glad somebody is getting the news out in a in a friendly and nonpartisan fashion, doing the job that the big bigger radio stations used to do. Yeah, I really appreciate that, uh, Tom Sumner. Every everything I uh, everything I turn to in the way of media, Lynn, it, it just it's it's all coronavirus or. Uh, uh, protests and and nobody's really covering the uh, the everyday stuff the, the the stuff that we have some influence over and and yep. so I'm I'm trying to uh, give listeners a, a chance to get to know some of the candidates and I appreciate your willingness to participate in that process, Lynn. And I'm I'm hoping that. Uh, People will will keep your name in mind. Lynn Hookie, H-U-K-E-E, is the name, and uh, and and keep searching for it because I suspect Lynn that you will be uh, um, probably you know forced, if not just simply compelled, to uh, make some more online presence available. Yep. No, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so keep your uh, keep your eyes out because uh, Lynn will be uh, uh, on the ballot for the uh, August primary. What do you think about the uh, uh, mail voting, Lynn? Are, do you think that's a, a, a good thing, or do you have uh, fairness and, and uh, security concerns? Well, of course I have fairness and security concerns. Uh, again, each county in Michigan has a clerk that takes care of voting. That's their responsibility. We, we, we don't need airdropped uh, application for a ballot, okay? Right. And uh, we, we don't need that airdropped. It's not like it's a allied invasion of, uh, of Normandy, you know? Come on. You know, we, we have responsible people in every county in Michigan that can handle that and they're they're best capable of uh of determining you know is this a valid voter has this voter moved you know to be uh you know deleted from the rolls and so on and not to mention uh, again I, I i was told that that cost about 4 million dollars out of our state budget to do that which which is just redundant Lynn, you know, it's duplicating. Yeah, okay. I, I, I hate to I hate to cut you off, but um, we're we're out of time. Lynn Hookie, thank you so much for spending this time with us. I appreciate it, and good luck to you. Oh, thank you very much. 
Goodbye. All right, take care. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back right hey. after this. <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now, and now too, and even now. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates. Social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the Briggs. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write us at TomSumnerProgram.com. Call us at at 810-339-8255 or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, 
table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at 4 in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy. And it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. More than one audience has been taken unaware by the humor of Senator Barry Goldwater of Arizona. Here is Senator Goldwater accepting the nomination for President of the United States at the annual mock convention of Washington's exclusive Alfalfa Club. Well, this is the most exciting thing that's happened to me since Walter Ruther made me an honorary auto worker. (laughs) Gentlemen, gentlemen, if my voice trembles a little at this historic moment, I'm sure you'll understand. It takes my breath away, even though I feel the White House is now ready for me since Jacqueline remodeled it in an 18th century decor. And frankly, I I feel it's a double honor since I've never even been to Harvard. But members of this convention, this has been a genuine draft, not just the kind felt by reservists. And I've... And I have yielded to it in the sincere belief that no man with a drop of patriotism in his veins could turn down such a golden opportunity to advance his family. Uh, Of course, the, the Goldwater clan is not as large as the Kennedy clan, and my brother Bob doesn't want to be in government. He promised Dad he'd go straight. (laughs) And I wouldn't be truthful if I said that I was fully qualified for the office. I don't play the piano. I seldom play golf, and I never play touch football. But I hope you'll find it in your hearts to accept a president who just sits behind a desk and works. Now, I must take note of the fact here that my opponents call me a conservative. If I understand the word correctly, it means to conserve. Well then, I'm just trying to live up to my name and conserve two things that most need conserving in this country, gold and water.
allow me to turn to my campaign platform, but before I do that, I just want to say that I don't apologize for being a conservative. I can remember where the conservative and mother were clean words. <laughs> but as you all know, I've argued for some time that we should do away with the cumbersome and lengthy, unmeaningful and platitudinous promises that the platforms of both parties have become. We need bold, brief statements that all Americans can understand. Now, the first plank fits neatly on one page, but I think it's basically sound and honest. It will mean the same thing to you whether you live in the North or the South, whether you're a farmer in Maine or an industrial worker in California. It says, and I ask you to play, pay close attention, elect Goldwater. <laughs> now, gentlemen, that's it. No nonsense, no shilly-shallying, no hair-splitting. Just elect Goldwater. It's got a nice ring to it that I sort of like. And is there anyone, from the highest to the lowest, from the ordinary school child to the lowliest Harvard professor, who can possibly mistake this meeting? I'll go even further. Is there anyone in this convention hall who doesn't understand it? <laughs> now, members of this convention, the other two planks deal with labor, education, foreign policy, and the farm problem. Here's plank number two. Elect Goldwater. <laughs> now, you may notice a certain similarity between the first plank and the second. And I want you to know that that was deliberate. It's been my experience that the public is confused if you offer too many issues. The thing to do is to get a hold of a good one and stick to it. Hammer it home. Repetition, gentlemen, is the way Madison Avenue sells toothpaste and soap, and it's the way the new frontier stays in the limelight. But when repetition occurs at the White House, and it has since 1932, it's not a sales pitch... It's a giveaway. You don't even have to guess the price. And now, gentlemen, for the final plank. Plank number three. This is the bell ringer, and it's even shorter. It just says, ditto. <laughs> there, gentlemen, I suggest that you have a platform in five words. Elect Goldwater, elect Goldwater, ditto. And just to keep things symmetrical, I think I'll hold the budget down to five figures. Jane Mansfield's for openers, and I'll accept nominations for the other four. <laughs> This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Sitting in a Coney Island, sipping my cup of tea. Best looking waitress I'd ever seen, dance right up to me. She said, could I serve you please with your coffee like some cream? Talk, talk louder. Don't you give me that money, child? I left that Coney Island. 
Flint's own Bill Toll, a.k.a. Sweet Willie T. And, of course, before that, we heard uh, Barry Goldwater in the comedy spotlight. I want to say thanks to uh, all the guests on the show that made it possible to spotlight on all the candidates for the uh, 50th district seat in the State House of Representatives. We heard from the married couple, Lynn and Ray Freiberger, who are running as uh, Republican and Democrat, uh, respectively, in the August primary for that seat. The incumbent, Tim uh, Sneller, Democrat, uh, who's running for re-election, and two Republicans, uh, Christina Fitchett-Hickson. I want to thank her for uh, spending time with us. And, of course, uh, just just now, this uh, past hour, uh, Lynn Hookie um, joined me by phone. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, we're going to hear from some more candidates, two candidates for circuit judge in Genesee County, uh, Flint Attorney Chris Christensen and District Court Judge Herman Marable will be my guests on the show. Plus, we're going to be talking about the Essence Festival going on this weekend and next with a representative from the Ford Motor Company, one of the Essence Festival uh, sponsors. Um, Raj Register will join me on the show tomorrow. Thanks to Bobby for calling in this morning. Also to my uh, co-host Andrea Sutton and to everybody else. Good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.